Welcome to The Atypical Leader with Rick Brennan, where we talk about harnessing what makes you unique and maybe even a little odd, while at the same time dismantling the notion that you have to be a certain type of person or act a certain way to be an effective leader. Definitely a leader, not a follower. I like the sound of this. It's time for us atypical leaders to come out of the shadows and learn to be proud and confident in what makes us different. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. A typical leader starts now. Hey, Rick, how are you? I'm good, Judy, and you? I'm good. We're sitting here in Haco, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, where the weather is beautiful. It is gorgeous. 34 and degrees, mm-mm. the sun's shining, the birds are flying around. The waves are waving. Oh, the waves are waving. It's incredible. Now, it's <laughs> it hard is. for an atypical with all these birds. It's like, squirrels. <laughs> they're squirrels? Oh, my God. I'm just driving you crazy. <laughs> I like the macaws because they're always macaw. They are. They're loud buggers. Yeah, they really and are. They are beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah, I'm amazed that you know when you see them in a a zoo or you know sometimes you go to the resort and they have a macaw yeah. and how their colors are just not vibrant. When you see them here, their colors just pop. Oh, they yeah. are beautiful. They're the scarlet ones here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. God, they're when they wah or however they macaw, yeah, that's pretty right? Much very good too. Yeah. <laughs> they have. They're not. Uh, a songbird, let's put it no, that No, no, they're not. Okay, moving on. Here we are. And today, we're going to talk about asking for and accepting help. It's essential to teamwork, leadership, and ultimately your success. Especially for us atypicals. Yes, especially for us atypicals. Oh, right on, Judy. <laughs> All too your, often. Your, uh, what's it called? Enunciation. Enunciation. Enunciation is very good. Enunciation is perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, All too often, uh, we perceive accepting help as a weakness, uh, that it might show others that uh, we have shortcomings or we're just simply too embarrassed to ask, which I know that feeling. Uh, Today, we're going to chat on how being able to ask for help can change the way you work and the way you live. But it's really hard, isn't it, Rick? Well, I guess it depends how you look at it. And, you know, if I'm a typical thinker, right. and let's face it, that we're, we're influenced by that significantly. Yeah. You know, asking for help at times is like showing some sort of weakness. But the reality is, as an atypical, you better be asking for help because there's stuff we don't know. A lot. A lot we <laughs> don't know. You know, we have to get used to, I mean, asking for help is essential. Yes, it is. For it us really, it really is, yeah. you know. And we got to understand that asking for help is really a display of confidence. It is, isn't it? It is. It's that we accept ourselves as who we are. We know we have our limitations or as they per- are perceived. But we're comfortable saying, hey, I don't know this. Help me out. Exactly. Now, I get it. That you know, you know, you don't want to go to necessarily everybody and ask those questions. Yeah. No. You know, you want to go to your tribe. Right. I mean, you use that word, duty. Yeah. I mean, I think it's right on. You want people you trust, people you respect, people that know you, people that you have this connection with. Right. But there's no doubt. You can sit and brood and be embarrassed or shy and don't want to ask those questions. You're going to sit there not knowing something, which is going to influence the quality of your work. Definitely. Or you can Definitely. walk across to someone you know and say, hey, can you help me with this? And right. if you're like me... <laughs> it's, it's going to be like lot. it's going to be like hey seven days for seven days till I finally get it through my noggin. Yeah. But you know what the great thing is that I've seen over my life is that it takes me longer to grasp a concept. Right. But once I grasp the concept, it is locked in like a set of vice grips, and well, I truly, good. truly find that at times I can take it farther than most can do it because I truly get the 
the the meaning and the essence of that of what's but, going on. But that goes back to uh, that test you took. I mean, um, what was your comprehension level? Ninety seven. Yeah. So I mean, it's like you said. Once you got it, boom. It's oh, there. I got it, and I can yeah. take it further. But yeah. getting it because my cognitive processing, processing. is 17 and something like, yeah. what do you mean like like, oh, like i'm banging my head okay so you just kind of wear that path in the in the carpet going back oh, yeah. and forth asking well more the than same that question more over than that. and over it's, again it's like that uh what's that joke that when you that what's the good thing you know when you stop banging your head against the wall it feels good yeah you know so, so that's don't kinda, bang your head yeah stop banging your head yeah <laughs> so how do you get there you know? How do you get there? How does one go about changing their thinking and and particularly open up to that vulnerability? Because that is so hard. Rick. It is. It it's is. so hard. And like I said, I mean, I get it. You're not going to go to the smarty pants in the in the office and ask these questions. It's going to make fun of you or whatever. You right. know, you want you want to develop your own support system. You know, you know, people and colleagues that have have the same sort of values that you trust and respect. You know, who see almost see that being a friend is a willingness to help you that it's part of that's what friendship means right. that's what trust and respect and, and having a relationship means and i i'm here for you right man i mean even when i say that i say yeah raw freaking right that's what it's all about and and they learn that they can come to you and ask you for help absolutely it's right? a back and forth thing because we all have our skills and I, you know and, and that's with me i mean i didn't get this things that i don't do but break could i make things happen Right. And I can't know about I can even explain that, but it was just that intuitive thing I could do. Yeah. So that's where I could help people. Right. And and if you trust and I had them, I had a big uh big what? tab oh, of my what? credit card. You interrupted too. me again? Oh, oh yeah. Get used to it, Judy. We gotta get over this thing about me interrupting you, Judy. It's what I do. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. Um, is there anyone that comes to mind, Rick? Yeah. So Johnny Mack, good friend of mine. Someone I met years ago, developed a strong relationship. And our relationship, of course, was, was started with a good round of fun. So I go, you know, I You'll don't I, I don't make the, the seminar that's going on in Moncton. I'm just okay. a new manager and whatever, something was going on. I couldn't make the seminar in Moncton. So they forced me to go, which I didn't even want to go to. They forced me to go in Cape Breton. So I go in Cape Breton and John McIntyre is this new manager in the Port Hawkesbury store. And we're in Sydney and we kind of meet and just like, you know, do flies to shit. We just boom, ah, and we had. And there's a great band playing at the bar, and we go down and we get loaded. <laughs> now we got a seminar in the morning, but you know, oh, we don't yeah. really care. We're at that age where we have our priorities straight. We get loaded, and the next morning it's not pretty. Anyways, I won't go into all the gruesome details, mm, but I, I got us, don't. I got us in a little bit of trouble. Managed to get out of it, but it was that instant that developed a relationship with John and I that would go on for forty years. Wow. Well, first of all, I find it amazing that he kept the friendship up after you got him into trouble. To, uh, well, I didn't really get him into trouble. Oh, but don't you love it that just sometimes you meet those people that you just click with just and, and they become so important in your life? Oh, 100%. I yeah. mean, they're everything. I just, yeah, I love that. It's that you, know, you know, as I look back in my life, is those are the people that are, are simply the most important is those people you feel comfortable with, right? Right. Like yep. it does, you know, they can fill in your words and you're right on the same uh, page most of the time. But so I could go to John. I could get help pretty much anytime, anywhere, free of judgment. Oh, that's nice. Oh, and more than a free of judgment, more willingness. It's just like, can I do? And, and he could do the same for me. And it was, it was like breathing. It's just the way we operated. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to ask you to stop just for one second, and let's tell our audience about what's going on around here, good old Hako. You know, Hako. <laughs> well, you know, it's fun. it's funny because I've been written this book, and my plan was always to have a podcast to talk about it, but I'm doing right. it one step at a time. So I'm in Hako here, and and I I know that I'm good with banter. I don't, you know, me getting on a podcast and talking it's just not going to work i need a partner right. so i've been looking for a partner and you know judy came down and we had many drinks over many nights and i thought Gee, maybe judy you'd like to do that and judy said i'd love to love to give it a whirl we have the best banter i think yeah no yeah, yeah. for sure and i must say judy you are rocking it oh thanks so you are you, no no you're doing great oh, I, it's, it's been you. a lot of fun so judy has been saying go you know when we go out to different things and she goes to yoga or wherever she goes and people say oh what's up judy she says oh i'm helping rick with his podcast <laughs> silence <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's well what's he paying you I mean, this is it's crazy how many people have the same reaction. What's he paying you like I'm abusing you or taking advantage of you or you're a fool? Oh, yeah, that makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really get it. No, I don't either. And let me be clear. Let me be clear. Oh. Or Judy, we should be clear. Yes. Judy and I are making exactly the same salary. I'm getting a salary? Well, the same one as me, a big fat fucking nothing. What? <laughs> what? Is that on my contract? Well, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the mail. That's in the mail, too. Okay. Anyway, you know, when they say that to me, I am absolutely gobsmacked. I just, I, I, do they think I fell off a turnip truck yesterday? <laughs> or... Since we're in uh, Hako, maybe a pineapple truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I really, really believe in this. I really believe that we can uh, help a lot of people by getting your story out. And I'm happy to help. Plus, I'm stealing booze out of the cupboard every day. Well, oh, 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 stop the presses, Jesus. What do you mean? I got to get you inventory. <laughs> it's so oh, much fun. We regress. Oh, my God. It's awful. Okay, let's move on, Rick. With your story about John. Getting back to John, I mean, and you know what? It's not just John. There were a group of people, and, you know, I could name them all off, Lenny and Danny, and and that went on for years. And even different roles and different jobs, you know, we'd yeah. always created later in life at McKesson, would be Gee and Sheldon and Melita and Paula, and, you know, there right. was always a group of people that gave you the same sort of things that they were always willing to help. I would help them, and it was that's just part of the gig. Yeah. So I don't get the thing where people don't get that, you know, it's like there's some sort of compensation required for helping people, you know, it is, you know, whatever. And the crazy thing about this, and I say they help and they're all supportive, that's kind of tongue in cheek a little bit because uh, yeah. part of this help and support <laughs> is telling me I'm full of shit. You mean they get that big two by four and give you a whack Oh, on no, 100%. <laughs> and sometimes they need the two by four across the head. And that's what friendship and that's what trust and respect is all about. Mm -hmm. It's not always fun and games and, oh, my God, you're wonderful. Well, not too many are saying, oh, you're wonderful. They're saying, yeah, yeah, I get your issue. Here's how you can fix it. So it's not a love-in. It really is a very practical sort of application of trust, respect, and Oh, and help, yeah. And yeah. No, I, I wouldn't imagine it would be. Um, but I can imagine that they would once in a while tell you, you're a pretty lucky guy to have people like that in your life. Yeah, I certainly am. And I must tell you, Judy, it goes deeper than that. When I go back to in my early in my career, before I developed these long-standing relationships and people I've known for 30 and 40 years, people I've known for six months, you know, it's amazing how... <sighs> What they gave to me, everything they gave was immediate without any political agenda, with any need for do, doing anything for them in return. 
uh, no strings attached. It was just giving me knowledge and their know-how free of charge and glad to do it. Uh, you know, again, I'm going to say how lucky you are because so many people don't have that and so many leaders don't give that. But that is the question of this that we can help in this podcast. Why? Because right. I don't think Rick Brennan brought anything different than anybody else. I mean, I couldn't do certain things. So I certainly focused on relationships and I focused on teams and people and that sort of stuff. But the skills that I used and displayed were no different than anyone else could. Just that we're not often focused in that direction. Right. And a lot of right. times because we're in friggin' meetings and everything else and we, we got no time to focus on the right thing. No, you, you, you don't. You're just trying to keep your head above all the paperwork. Yeah, exactly. every paperwork, time you go yeah. to a meeting, there's another, you know, hundred emails sitting in your Oh, no, exactly. Inbox, exactly. Right? I hate all that stuff. You know, you're really stressing building relationships, yep. meeting people, building the relationships so that you're, you know, this, this trading of help back and forth. So what about the atypicals out there that can't or the ones that will not develop those relationships? How will they get the help and support they need? Well, that's, that's a very good question. Now, Thank you. you know, I'm, I'm talking about atypicals. I'm not yes. talking about someone who's got a serious neurological condition, right? Yeah, yeah, We're definitely. dealing with the, the in the atypical world, you have a lot of slices are all a little odd. Right. Sometimes you got to own your shit. And if you want to sit in your office uh, and go home at five o'clock and never talk to anybody, never go to anybody, guess what? You're not going to build any relationships. And I don't care where you sort of are on the atypical scale. I think that relationships and people are critical to you being successful. So how to say this politely, get off your ass and start to do those things. Walk over to the water cooler and talk to people. Go have a coffee. Walk into someone's office. Have a chat. Go out for lunch. Go out after. And you don't have to do it all the time. And no. you might feel uncomfortable at first, but those are the things you need to do. Go you for need, a drink. Go, go for and, yeah. and listen, it might be a coffee. It might be a water. Nobody's telling you how to go about it. Yeah. But exactly. you can't sit. you got to develop relationships. And, you know, you got to own your shit. Right. And if you want to sit there and say, poor me, poor me, and then do nothing about it, well, the little tough love, you know, get yeah. your act together and do right. that. Yeah. Sorry. There's always going to be people that you like and that you don't like. So find the ones that you like and build that relationship. Yeah, your that. tribe. You talk yeah, about yeah, that. So find right, your yeah. tribe. And it'll be a different tribe than mine, different tribe yeah. than yours. Yeah. Uh, but you'll find those people and those are the people and, you can go and talk yeah, to. Yeah, and even if it's only, you know, one or two people, you have to have someone around you that makes you feel comfortable and safe and, you know, that you're comfortable going to and saying, I'm really stuck. Can you help me? Out oh, here? you know, and the brain works very different when you're in that relaxed environment. I know it right. does for me. Okay. So we've gone through all that. How do we as atypicals help ourselves? Well, like we have to do, we have to take responsibility. Absolutely. Now, the first thing I think you've got to keep in mind is that for an atypical is to accent your positives. A lot of books they'll read on leadership and all that sort of stuff is to turn your negatives into positives. Well, I don't prescribe to that whatsoever. And take me for an example. I'm not a good reader, not a good writer. I could spend a millennia trying to be better and it's just never going to happen because my brain's not firing that way see jane see right. dick yeah but see now i need to new i need to neutralize right. those negatives right you know don't, don't let them bring me down but i'm not trying to turn them into positives and what i need to do is really focus on the positives so i'm good with people get better with people all right if I'm good with teams, get better with teams. If I'm good at organization, get better at organization. Accent the positives and neutralize the negatives. Okay. That's what you want to do. Okay. Now, to go on from there. So we said that. So that's a concept. 
Now, what do you do practically? Right. That's... So from a Dale Carnegie point of view, I, I took Dale Carnegie. I couldn't, I couldn't, wasn't very good at public speaking. So I took Dale Carnegie and I took it a number of times and I uh, even became a teaching assistant. Wow. Yeah. And it helped me with my public speaking, obviously, but it also helped me with perspective. When you listen to all these people talk about their trials and tribulations, it really gives you perspective. You think you got troubles? <laughs> oh, really? I listen. didn't know that that's part of it. Oh, Dale yeah. Carnegie. It's all about getting out of your comfort zone. So you talk about the things that trouble you the most or the, or the scary things you've gone through in your oh, life. Oh, wow. Oh, listen. Sh- oh. I mean, blow you away. Wow. Yeah, it really. Bring it, you down it, to earth, hey? Oh, does it ever? And teach you a bit, a little bit about humility. You're right. So though Dale Carnegie was about neutralizing my weakness. I didn't go into Dale Carnegie trying to be the best public speaker ever. Right. Okay. okay? Now yeah. I became okay at it. Uh, it got me through. And then you take like the one-minute manager, which really was about how do you maximize people? What's the best way to manage people to get the best performance out of people? Now that one was to accelerate what I'm good at. Okay. And that's what it did. It gave me a process. It gave me a concept that I work with. And I really did evolve very quickly from being pretty rough and gruff, mm-hmm. looking at employees' face and then saying, what an asshole, right. to being one in a very short period of time. They'd say, hey, man, he's, he's a pretty good guy. What made you be able to change that quickly? Because, I mean, that's amazing that you could do it. Well, you know, I think it's part of the atypical brain. I wanted to win. Ah, back to the old okay, winning but, thing. But it's like... You can look in people's eyes. I mean, how unaware can you be? I can look in people's eyes and say, I can tell you what they're thinking. They're thinking, hmm. What am I thinking? Let's not go there. <laughs> but I look into my staff's eyes and I can see they're not 100% happy. Now, sometimes I'm willing to live with that. But I can also look into their eyes when they're satisfied and enthusiastic and I know that. So if I know I did it this way and I got that result and I could do it this way and get a different and better result, well, guess what? I'm going to do it the, the one that gets the best result. I'm just amazed that you that you were aware enough. Oh, but I read that this. I read that book the one minute manager I swear 50 times. Oh, okay. And I'd go through every line and think about it and go through it and and the great thing about the one minute manager it's a simple read. It is an easy. It's like, you know, right. A 6-year-old could read this book which was perfect for, for me. me. Yeah. Now, on the other side of that, mm-hmm. another book that had a big influence me which is not a simple read. Was the power of now? Oh God, yeah. Oh no, so dense, so <laughs> it, dense. It's like reading a scientific journal. It's a good you, book, though. It's a good I, book. It, well, it is. I just have never been able oh, to get through it. I, it. Well, you don't read it; you study it. Yeah. You know, take me, take me four, take me a night to read four pages. Jesus. Anyways, but it it really made me look inside myself. It really made me think about like, why do I worry about all these things? I mean. What happened in the past, or all these regrets I've had, or or what may or may not happen in the future. Right. So it brought things in perspective for me a little bit, and you know, my. But I must say, probably the thing that I've learned the most from was making mistakes, and uh, I've made a yeah. gazillion of them. And from making mistakes, you learn. Right. And you know, from making mistakes, you know to go get help. Find people that'll help you to build those relationships because that's kind of the cornerstone of teamwork and all that sort of right. stuff. Right, and yet people are so afraid to make mistakes, and yeah. so they do nothing. They're paralyzed. Yeah, that and that isn't that the shame of it yeah. all? Yeah, and they and they they freeze and they never get past that point. It's critical. You got to move forward. Well, I mean, what's the fun of standing still? Well, exactly. But if you're frozen, you got to find a way to thaw exactly. out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
But getting back to help. Oh, right. You know, gaining and accepting help. I do have a pretty good example of that. A story. (laughs) Story circle here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Get your beverage. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm applying for the vice president or senior vice president of retail banner at McKesson Cant. Ooh, fancy. Fancy job, big mm-hmm. job. Like mm-hmm. by like four billion dollars in sales and gobs of stores and holy cow gobs of banners and our little Ricky. Yeah no I'm just applying for it. Oh we well, haven't uh, gotten it yet. You haven't got it yet. So oh, okay. So the first thing I do, you want to talk about how this is just a series of me going and getting help. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So I'm applying for the job and I say, okay, well, uh, what do I know about this group? I mean, I work for the company, but don't know a lot about the group. And so I go see, guess who? My friend, Johnny Mack. And I asked John, I said, John, because John now is running a number of pharmacies inside this retail banner group at McKesson. Oh, okay. So he knows what's going on. So he and his uh, business partner, Sean, sit down with me multiple, multiple times, and they kind of tell me what the gaps are in the business, what's not working well, what we could do better, what the opportunities are. And with them, I actually designed, they helped me design a strategic plan, how we're going to change how the company operates. Okay. And this will be the cornerstone of my presentation in my interview. So everybody else is going to go in and do an interview, say, here's what I, who I am and what I do, and I'm going to go in and say, here's how I'm going to change the company. Right. Let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. Exactly. Right. Which was critical for me because I knew very well I was not the smooth-talking executive who's going to go into an interview and blow these people no. away. Yeah. I knew I was competing with, and they were the smooth-talking, oh, well-dressed, yeah. you know, what do you want to hear, and I'll tell you. Did you at least buy a new suit? I bought this, and I certainly did. Good. I did all that stuff. Yeah. And I give that to Paula Keith. She says, Rick, you got to, you know, you got to dress up a little bit. So I ran out, and I bought my skinny pants and my skinny <laughs> suits and my you know leather you little so leather hip. briefcase to throw over my shoulder and your all man purse your oh, man, yeah, purse. My man purse yeah so <laughs> all right so, so i had all these people John. helping me and yeah. i was accepting it readily like bring it oh, on yeah. oh, why wouldn't yeah, i definitely could you draw that up for me because it is about me getting where I'm achieving that goal right so you don't think i'm going to take help the next thing i do is i go and i talk to my executive coach okay and I'm telling him I'm going for the interview, and he says, well, let's talk about that, because he knows the interview process, the testing process, and all this. And he says, okay, Rick, I know that you think that your long history of performance is going to get you this job, but that's not the way it works. Really? No. Okay. It's going to be your answers to those questions on those days. All right. And I said, what? I mean, yeah, he says, oh, yeah, their vision of leadership is how you answer this question. Their vision of leadership is you being aggressive. Says, yeah, I can do it. Blah, blah, blah. When to me, I almost think. You have think, to say it in that tone of Oh, no, 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 no. But it's like <laughs> yeah, they know, want aggressive. They think oh, aggressive yeah. shows leadership. Yeah, I know. Which me, I just think that's just being. Aggressive. Aggressive and not showing any humility. Yeah, exactly. But he says that's not the way it works. Okay. So take us okay. through. So the next thing he helps me with, so I go through the process and I, yeah. I almost have the job and it's just contingent on me because everything I've done so far with the help of other people has got me to, they're offering me the job, but I got to take a test. So let me just get this right. You took in the way you're going to reorganize the company or that area. You went through the interview. You got all the questions on that day, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're on your second, your, your last. Oh, no. Listen, the interviews went for non-fair. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, it's countless. 
Countless. Countless interviews. Went on okay. forever. They used to okay. think I was trying to be president or something. Okay. Okay. So I go through all the interviews. Basically, I'm off the job, but it's contingent on me passing this personality profile. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I go and I do shitty on it. Big surprise. Yeah. Really. Failed every test I've ever taken. Yeah. HR jumps over over it and says, oh, Rick, has it's this test says Rick has no leadership abilities and can't make shit happen. <laughs> and like <laughs> anyone who knows me is laughing in the aisles because that's, that's, that's what I do. Right. Right. Okay. But, but my coach, again, helped me. You know, I, I, I went to him and I said, here's the scoop. I got now they've decided, OK, I do tour on the test. But they say, OK, you can sit with a head psychologist. See what he thinks. OK. So I go to him. I go to my coach said, here's the scoop. Here's what I'm, he says, here's what's going to happen. Rick. They're going to go through all this and they may agree or disagree or whatever they might do. But they're going to come to one question and they're going to say to you, Rick, we think we have a better job for you that you're better suited for. And Rick, you have to say to them, no, absolutely no. Wow. And that is going to be what seals the deal for you. And he knew exactly. What, and I swear to God, I went to this meeting and that word for word, he said that. And word for word, I gave him my answer and that sealed the deal. Can you believe that? That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a pretty good coach. No, no. He knew exactly. Yeah. He was well versed in business. He knew exactly. He knew the test very well. So what were they trying to do? Were they trying to like maybe slough you off to another Job yeah, well, then the, there were other people, like, and that's the way it works in big jobs like this. There's other people who have interest, and yeah. they're trying to manipulate. Whatever. Let's yeah. not go okay. into that. Okay. That doesn't Let's matter. Not. So, But it was all based on help. Basically, no, I needed help. Going and getting help, uh, accepting the help. And I tell you, I just can't tell people enough. Like You're very adamant. You're passionate about I this. I am. I am. Listen, yeah. I mean, I being an atypical like, like, like I am, and having so many of those issues, right? without the people who supported me, without, you know, finding ways around things, without the great teams I've had, I simply just would have never achieved what I achieved. Okay, so I think it's time that we wrap it up, Rick. Another one has come to an end, but it a, was a great show. Really, I'm yeah, so no. impressed. And uh, I like what our audience can take away from your experience. Accept help when offered. Right, search yeah. it out. Ask for when it's required. Yeah. Don't hold back. Don't be embarrassed. And offer it to others. And I really like this one. Offer it to others because that's what leaders do. Right on. You're, you're you. getting it, Judy. By God, Rick, I think you're right. I'm actually starting to get this. Next week, we will be joined by a young woman, Raquel Bork, who struggled with limitations all of her life and how she found a way to embrace those limitations, setting her on a new path. Her story is very inspirational, so please be sure to join us. For more information, please visit our website, atypicalleader.com. <laughs>